Of course it meant something to me to be the son of immigrants, Sinatra said to me once. How could it not? How the hell could it not? I grew up for a few years thinking I was just another American kid. Then I discovered it, what, five, six? I discovered that some people thought I was a Dago, a Wop, a Guinea. An angry pause. You know, like I didn't have a fucking name? An angrier pause. That's why years later, when Harry James wanted me to change my name, I said, no way, baby. The name is Sinatra, Frank fucking Sinatra. He grew up in a time when the wounds caused by nativism and anti-Italian bigotry were still raw. Those wounds, and the scar tissue they left behind, affected the way millions of Italian Americans lived, what they talked about, even how they chose to read the newspapers. In the years of his childhood, Sinatra was no exception. Growing up, I would hear the stories he said to me once, things that happened because you were Italian. I don't mean it was the only thing people talked about, that would be a lie, but the stories were there, the warnings, the prejudice. You heard about it at home, in the barbershop, on the corner. You never heard about it in school, but it was there. Later, I heard the same kinds of things from my Jewish friends, how they learned about the ways they could get in trouble. Always the same old shit. The stories were about insults, exploitation, worse. Part of the trouble was caused by sheer numbers. From 1880 to the beginning of World War I, more than 24 million Europeans crossed the Atlantic to America. About 4.5 million were Italians, 80% of them fleeing the exhausted hills and emptying villages of Il Mezzogiorno, the neglected provinces of southern Italy and Sicily. Many thousands went to Brazil, Another million journeyed to Argentina and permanently transformed the character of that nation. The vast majority came to the United States. At first, the more adventurous Italians moved west, helping build thousands of miles of railroad tracks, finding jobs as fishermen on the sunny coasts of California, or developing that state's lush vineyards. Most settled in cities. I read a book once about how the Irish, when they came to America, never wanted to be farmers again, Sinatra said. I guess if you work on a farm and everything dies in the ground, you don't ever trust the ground again. The Italians were like that, too. Rural Italian and Irish immigrants shared that common grievance against the old country. The exhausted or poisoned land had failed them and, in a way, betrayed their faith and prayers. In the new world, they sought the solace of cities. Cement was better than hunger. A job and a lock on the door provided the only true safety. The Jews, haunted by the brutal realities of recurrent pogroms, or disenfranchised by a crippling, pervasive anti-Semitism, were drawn by the even brighter promise of freedom. No matter how terrible life might be in the slums of the Lower East Side, the Cossacks would not arrive at dawn with their sabers drawn. The Irish, Italian, and Eastern European Jewish immigrants shared a suspicion of government and the police that helped form the style of the American cities where they settled. Their children were touched, in various degrees, by their old country lore and their nostalgias. Many of Frank Sinatra's attitudes came from that mixture. But in the last years of the 19th century, rural Italians faced some special problems in urban America, burdens that did not afflict the Irish and the Jews in the same way. Even in the Italian language, too many immigrants could not read or write. Depending upon the year, between 50 and 70 percent of the new arrivals were illiterate. This was a severe handicap in the booming, more complex cities of the United States and forced many into manual labor or trades that did not demand book learning. 4,000 Italian immigrants found work building the New York subways. 
Others labored in the building trades, helping erect the soaring monuments of 20th century New York. Many worked as barbers or seamstresses, as blacksmiths or mechanics or stonemasons. Some were chefs or bakers. Others were fruit and vegetable peddlers, bootblacks or shoemakers. A few created an instant stereotype, the organ grinder. These small mustached men moved through many neighborhoods, equipped with hand organs, an occasional monkey, and a cup for coins. For most people, the organ grinder...